You're listening to the Empowered Woman, Badass and Unfiltered Podcast, a place for inspiration, empowerment, and personal development. Showcasing badass women from all over the world, giving tips on personal development, mindset, and healing. I'm your host, Olivia, transformational success coach for spiritual female entrepreneurs. Now let's dive into this episode. Welcome back to the Empowered Woman, Badass, and Unfiltered Podcast. Your host, Olivia here, and we're talking about handling rejection. And honestly, the best types of people that handle rejection the most are people that are consistently going up and trying things and getting turned down. And not only are those salespeople, but those happen to be people that work in the entertainment industry. And today I'm bringing you somebody with so much experience. Um, he, yes, I said he, you know, I have one male on per season um, because they, they empower us as well. And um, he's been a full-time actor and commercial model for 30, over, over 36 years. He's done about, he's done over 1300 shows and um, modeling jobs. And he's been cast in so many things. Now I'm going to just name a few of them to let you know. And I'm going to put his link to his most recent acting reel below. Cause I mean, you'll be like, really? Olivia got to talk to this guy. Yeah. I got to talk to this guy. <laughs> um, he has been on, um, he, he has a reoccurring role, role on the Netflix show, house of cards, Gotham, Mr. Robot, do no harm. Law and Order, um, Criminal Intent, and The Wire, just to name a few of them. He is going to be on the soon-to-be-released Netflix uh, feature, White Noise, HBO miniseries, We Own This City. There's there's just so much in here. And he, he came providing you so much value as well. I've got his YouTube channel linked below with that has over 270 free acting and modeling quick tip videos if this is the industry that you're interested in. And you know, honestly, there's so much you can learn from this type of content, even if it's not the industry you think you want to be in. When we, the more we go into this online space, learning some of these tips may just be beneficial for you, even if you're not trying to be on the big screen. He also has a book and I'm, I'm just, I'm putting all the links. I'm putting all the links. Aaron, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, it is so great to be here. Thank you very much. <laughs> of course. So I just, I want to first start off with how did you get it started in this industry? Yeah. So I'll give you the short version. Um, I was planning on being a physical therapist. And I took all the prerequisites for physical therapy school. And while I was taking them, I needed a job to support myself. I met an actor. He told me what he did. And I thought, oh, that sounds like a great part-time job, full-time student. Uh, it pays well. It seems like it's a lot of fun. And so I started doing that kind of work part-time for two years. And then I found that I, I was enjoying it so much. I want to give this thing a shot. And so I decided to set aside one year just to devote myself to acting and commercial modeling. And that's turned into a 36 plus year career. That is, that is so cool. Cause so many people, um, they think they want to get into it or, and you kind of just, you kind of, Oh, let me try this thing out. 
and <laughs> it became it became your thing. Um, how how did you learn how to handle the rejection? Yeah, um, that was not easy. <laughs> it, it really it, it's not easy. It it took a lot of time, and I can tell you. I mean, look, I'll be very straightforward. You know, at the beginning, it was hard. You know, you, you go to auditions or you go to what they call go sees, which is the audition for models. And most of the time, you're not going to get it. And, and look, I, I know there are some people out there who will say, oh, nine out of 10, you know, auditions I have, I book. And if that's really your percentage, then boy, I, I want to start eating whatever you're eating, because that is just unbelievable to me. And, and just a little bit on the side, and I'm kind of jumping, but that's just how, how my brain works. One of the reasons why it's so hard to book an acting job is because it's not who gives the best audition. So it's so it's not like being in the Olympics, you know, where you perform the best, everybody can see it, and you get, you know, scored the highest. For us, it's very different. Yes, you have to be talented. Yes, you have to give a good audition. But then there are these other factors that come into play which it took me a while to figure out that helped make the rejection better for me. And I don't even really view it as rejection. I'll get into that in a second too. So, you know, you, you could, you could have given technically the best, most interesting audition, but maybe you're too tall because the star of the show is much shorter and it just wouldn't make sense with all the scenes that you're going to be in with him or her. Maybe uh, you're, too much in shape or not in good enough shape. There, there are 10 million and one reasons. And so once I started to understand that it's not a personal decision, you know, th these are business decisions and it's essentially who fits the wardrobe the best. And, and I'm being a, a little bit facetious because once again, I want to make it really clear. You've got to be talented. You've got, you've got to be really good. But then you've got complete control over your, your audition. You have no control over who gets chosen. So once I started to figure that out, then instead of looking at not booking the job as a rejection, I don't even use that term for that. It was just a job I didn't get. And, and there are other things that I try to do. And if you're interested, I can go into it in, in more detail about how I get the most out of an audition whether I book it or not. And, and, you know, I view this as any kind of selling job. Like you mentioned earlier on, you know, whether you're a salesperson, whether you are pitching because you work for an ad agency and you're pitching a client, these aren't, these aren't rejections. You just didn't get the job. I really like how you look on, look at that. Cause I was going to ask you, I'm like, okay, well, what's the mindset with this? Because even for, for me with, with certain things, like I've worked food and bed for a really long time. And I'm looking at things like, no, I, it's very rare that I have a full week where everybody's just tipping 20% or more. Very rare. So for me to just expect everybody to, to act right is just, that's just, no, I, can't, I don't <laughs> expect that, you know? So, and I think that that's a similar type of situation. Also, um, there's a quote that came to my mind that I forget who said it, but it's, it was originally said by the Girl Scout that said that sold the most Girl Scout cookies. And she said, some will, some want, some won't, 
so what? And I feel like that applies to so many things and aspects in our lives when we're trying to try out for new things and shoot our shots. And, and, you know, maybe this will be really helpful to people because I I do a lot of workshops, I do private mentoring. and, And so when somebody is struggling or, you know, having to deal with this stuff, I share with them what I do for every audition I go on. And, and, and I hope this will help people. My number one goal, and I know it's counterintuitive, but my number one goal for every audition is to enjoy myself. I truly do not believe I'm going to book any audition I go on. And it's not that I'm a negative guy. It's not that I think I'm horrible. I just understand the chances are slim because there are so many people and there's one role that somebody is going to get. And I find that if I go into the audition with, I just want to have a good time. It's it's a Tuesday afternoon. I get a chance to act for three minutes in front of a casting director. That's fun. And, and I also think when you stop thinking about, I've got to get this job or, you know, I want to get this 20% tip, you know, this has got to happen for me it takes some of the pressure off. And, and I can tell you people, at least casting directors, they can smell desperation a mile away. And that's not who they want to work with. They want to work with somebody who has this mantra and this feeling of, hey, if I book the job, hey, that, that's wonderful. And if I don't book it, that's cool. I, I'm going to book something else. That That is attractive. Just like if you're going out on a date with somebody, if you were putting on the vibe of, you know, I, I, I want to get married here. You know, this really could lead to marriage. It's like, well, who, who's going to want to like that? I mean, that, that's a tough way to go into a first date. How about just enjoying yourself and see what happens with it? And, and I can tell you, my second goal for every audition is to learn from it. And sometimes I walk out of an audition and I think, you know, I did everything I wanted to do. If I got notes from a casting director and I applied it, that's fantastic. Sometimes I'll walk out of an audition and I think, oh boy, that was that was not very good. Now, the other thing too is I don't equate not doing a good audition and never thinking, I, you know, I'm never going to get the job because sometimes those are the jobs that you book where you walk out and you go, oh man, that was horrible. I didn't connect with the character. So I do try to learn. And, it, and if I didn't do something that I was planning and wanting to do, then I try to figure out what, what happened? You know, what, what could I do differently next time? And then, you know, if I happen to book it, which once again, I really don't think I will, that's just like icing on the cake. But when you take that pressure off of yourself, no, once again, no matter what you're doing in business, you know, if there is a goal you're trying to reach and you put so much pressure on yourself, it makes it really tough. Just to repeat what you said and what was going through my head. And it's something that I heard from one of my first business coaches, high intention, high intention, low attachment. And was what came to my mind, because you're going to go in, you're going to have a good time and you're going to have a learner's mindset. You having a growth mindset, with, which is also related to more of an abundance mindset than having a lack scarcity mindset, because like you were saying, they smell that on you. Just like if you're in sales, if you sound like that needy car salesman, you know, (laughs) it's, it's the same thing as, um, 
those, those types of situations. So yeah, enjoy yourself and learn from it and, you know, don't put too much pressure on it. Yeah. You want to, and when I say high intention, I mean, that high intention is to really have a good time and to show up as the best version of yourself. And, and, And sorry to interrupt, but I was just thinking, and you brought up car salesman. And I think that's a perfect analogy because, you know, if you're going in to buy a car and you have a salesman who is just exuding confidence, having, you know, enjoying him or herself, well, then you're going to think, yeah, why wouldn't I want to buy a car from this person? I mean, they're giving you the feeling is, hey, if you don't want to get it, that's that's not a problem. There are plenty of other places you can go to. Um, But if you're interested in working with me, I'm here, you know, this is great. And if not, that's fine. That's who I'm attracted to. You know, and it's just like, I know it was a little bit different, but, you know, if we if we have somebody coming into our house to uh, bid on a project, you know, I don't know, doing a roof. Well, if somebody comes in and just tells me what they can do, you know, there's there's no pressure. It's not, well, if you, if you, you know, uh, sign a contract within, you know, 10 minutes, there's a $300 discount, you know, just none of that kind of stuff. It's just somebody I enjoy, you know, being around friendly, uh, honest. That's who I want to work with. Side note, my husband hates those sales tactics. He cannot stand. He's like, you. so I've learned, like, don't come to our house saying you, you know, we'll get this if this, because that's just going to yeah. be an automatic no from him. Um. And, and I agree because, because I feel like if your product doesn't sell you well enough mm-hmm. and you've got to implement these other things, then I don't trust you. And that that's really what it comes down to. I don't trust you. I don't, you know, trust your product. And, and, you know, the other thing too, we were just talking about, you know, selling, you know, if, if there's, and I guess this is one of the reasons why it's a little bit harder in the acting and modeling world, because we do take things personally. If if you are selling, um, I don't know, an Apple iPhone and somebody says, you know what, I really like Androids. Then you go, okay, I get it. You know, this is what I can offer, but uh, it's not personal. The person just wants something else. You know, it's, it's not a statement about you for acting and modeling. You know, we are going in there. We're exposing ourselves. We are, you know, just showing, you know, inner parts of ourselves. And when we, you know, are told no, sometimes that can feel bad. And that's why you've got to separate this. It's nothing personal. Um, if you're a good person, you're still a good person. If you're not a good person, you're still a bad person. But but if you're a good person, you know, really, it, it's it's just a business. Like I said before, it's just a business decision. That's all. And so if you do go into auditions thinking, what can I learn from it? I want to enjoy myself. That makes it so much easier to last in the industry because otherwise people drop out very fast because they think nobody likes me. Nobody thinks I'm talented. And that makes it hard for people. You you just make my head go crazy <laughs> because there's a lot of, because, okay, with, for instance, service-based industry, coaching industry, if you're selling your personal, like, cause I have a coaching business too. And for a long time, I felt, you know, the rejection was on me and it's not like, it's not like that. Um, so it is, it is very similar when it comes to more, you know, high ticket items that are more personal that are service-based. And I know there's a lot of service-based 
people that, you know, are, for instance, even real estate agents. Yeah, you can get a house from anybody, but when you get rejection from a certain person, they go with another real estate agent. It's like, well, why is that? You know? So I think that those are still things that we, we could definitely take away from the acting industry because we do have to detach also, not only for entrepreneurs, but I find that a lot of millennials have an issue. Millennials and the Gen Zers, yeah, they have an issue with taking criticism on their in the workforce and on their work. They take it as a personal attack. I'm not saying this is everybody, but a lot of people, and it's because they they think it's a horrible attack on themselves. And I I mean I used to kind of feel like this a little bit too in it. Over time, I, I worked on my own self-worth. I worked on understand, detaching things. Um, but I'm, I'm going to ask you, did you do work on your self-worth when it came to taking rejection in the acting industry? Oh, well, uh, being in psychotherapy was really helpful. <laughs> I learned a lot because it, it was something that it was different. You know, it's a different kind of thing. And like I was saying before, it is very, very easy to personalize it. And then once you come to the understanding, it's not personal, you know, in, in any way, um, it makes it easier and letting go because you don't have control. And that can be hard for people too. You have to just let it go and understand you did what you did. And then it's over. And you know what's also hard for people. And, and look, and I, look, I, this has happened to me too. Where you know I might have traveled, you know, three and a half, four hours to an audition. I worked on this thing. I had everything memorized, and I walked in there, and I just blew it. I got stuck. I couldn't remember. Then I got frazzled, and I walked out, and it was horrible. You know, it was a horrible feeling. And one of the things that I also learned to do is not beat myself up. You know, I, I just had to get to the point to understand in that moment, I did the absolute best that I could. And it's not like I wasn't prepared and then blew it. That, that would get me upset. You know, that would make me angry. But I did everything that I should have done. And for whatever reason, and there could be a thousand reasons why I just goofed it up. And I, and what I've learned is I still have to treat myself nicely. And whether it's going out and buying, you know, Ben and Jerry ice cream or whatever it takes for you to feel better, the fact is you got through it and you didn't have a temper tantrum. You didn't kick things over. You didn't storm out of the casting director's office and slam the door and start crying. You got through it. And, and the other thing that I just wanted to add to that piece of it is, and I, once again, this is universal. I mean, because some of the talks that I give really are not necessarily specifically for actors and models. And, and that is no matter how things go, even though you know you blew it, it, you know, you forgot stuff, you were making this presentation and you forgot this whole section that you were planning on, whatever, whatever it is. You've got to just appreciate what you did and you walk out of there with your head held high, like you just gave the greatest performance of your life. Internally, you know it was horrible. 
but externally, you're looking like you just got an Academy Award. And the reason why that's so important is because, look, a lot of times pe people are going to know that you goofed up, you know, and once again, no matter what field it is, but if they're able to understand that and say, yeah, it was an audition, they goofed up, so what? But I like what the person did. Yeah, there were some mistakes because like when you're on the set, you're going to be shooting a scene multiple, multiple, multiple times anyway. So if you goof up at an audition, who cares? And so you walk out with your head held high. People are going to really like what you did. Yeah, there were some mistakes. So what? If you walk out of there with your tail between your legs and your head is down and you go, oh, sorry. And you let people know how poorly you felt it went. Now they're going to start thinking, yeah, maybe it really wasn't so good. So no matter what happens in there, you walk out like it was the greatest performance of your life. Aaron, you know, there's so much emotion in acting. There's so many different energies. There's so many, <laughs> like seriously, because I, I did some acting as a kid and um, I did a little play in college and I've just, I, I love, um, theater. Um, I went to the Fox theater and I saw mean girls. Um, and it, I just, I genuinely love good acting and it always leaves you feeling some type of way, even, even when you're watching a movie, like you get immersed, that emotion is there. And I think in your auditions, when you leave, leaving that type of emotion of, of defeat, you put that on the people that you're auditioning in front of too. And while they're granted, they're seeing all of this stuff. That's not how you necessarily want to leave them um, is what I'm taking away from this. And I mean, I, I, cause I'm sitting there literally as you're talking to me about this in the moment, I'm like, okay, yeah, a confident person walking out. Yeah. They messed up a little bit. So what? Like, it's not, it's not that serious. We're going to have to take a lot of shots anyway. Like, come on, <laughs> like I'm going to enjoy myself. And you don't make it be such a big thing because people are going to go and look back when they're reviewing everything. I'm like, Oh yeah. How did I feel? Because people don't always remember what you say to them, but they remember how you leave them feeling. And that's with acting and with sales and with a lot of other things, like just people relationships. Yeah. And yeah, that, that, that's a big one. That's, that's a big one. Cause we do a lot of, you know, presentations in general and, oh man, I must have, I mean, I come, like, can we, can we drop, can we not be so serious? Can we let it go? <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and you just have to keep in mind all the time we're human, we're not robots, you know, and sometimes things can throw us off. Sometimes we make mistakes. It's okay. You know, the intent was there, the feeling was there. And, and that's why I was going back. To, and, and it's not necessarily just with acting, but, you know, you don't have to be perfect to, to do some really great things. Yeah. And, I th and I think that's, that's really helpful for entrepreneurs as well. You know, you're trying to put something together and it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, you're always going to be learning and hopefully and making changes and, you know, calling audible at the last second for things that have to change. And that's just, that's just being human. And, 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 and actually I, I find that to be very helpful because once again, that takes the pressure off also because you don't have to be perfect. 
I I'm also thinking about something else because I know a lot of people that listen are perfectionists or like recovering perfectionists. But um, <laughs> back to how you leave the set um, with confidence. Have you ever not gotten a um, a job, but the people that you were auditioning in front of really liked you for something else. So they called you at another time for something else. Oh, and I mean, that's, that's the way the industry works. Absolutely. And that's another reason why you can't feel bad. You know, you know, when I, when I do an audition, you know, one of the ways that I kind of view it is I am making a small deposit at the bank. That's exactly what I'm doing. And matter of fact, you know what, let me give you a perfect example. Uh, th- there was a show many years ago. It was one of the Law and Order ones. I, I can't even remember which one it was. But uh, I went in to do the audition, and I am reading for the dad. And the kid, my son, the guy playing my son, was the guest star. So I had a much smaller role. And they happened to have a headshot of the actor who was playing the kid. And I looked at that picture, and immediately I thought, well, the four and a half hours I just spent going up to New York, getting to the casting office, spending another four and a half hours going back home. It was a complete waste of my time because I don't look anything like this kid. There's no way in the world, unless this kid was adopted, which he was not, there's no way in the world I am this kid's father. I just don't have that look. And so instead of kind of freaking out and being pissed and just being grumpy and angry, it's like, what's going on? You know, why? Why are you... Another way to view it is what better way to introduce yourself to somebody than by auditioning with them live. You know, it's much, much better than just sending in a headshot and resume. I'm getting a chance for these people to see me and I know what's going to happen. They're going to listen to my read and hopefully they're going to like what I did and say, yeah, he's just not right for this. And that's exactly what happened. And like you said, I did get called in for something else. That stuff happens all the time. So once again, every time you're out there, you are making a small deposit and you just never, you just never know what might happen in the future. Yeah. I think a lot of us want instant gratification in this (laughs) world. They think, you know, that, that this is going to be my break, but regardless of what happens after that initial meeting, you're still meeting that person and your introduction matters. Um, oh man. And yeah. you know, it, it, it's so funny you mentioned introduction. So my latest quick tip video, which I just uh, uh, uploaded today, it's you can't be honest with a, con- with a uh, casting director. And it's all about... Uh, of course, you're going to be very honest with casting directors and agents that you're meeting with. But there is one time where you can't be, you don't want to be, and they don't want you to be. And if you, you're you driving to the, to the audition and you get lost, traffic is horrible, you can't find a parking place, whatever it is, and you walk in there and you're just feeling grumpy and you walk in, they say, hey, so how are you doing today? It's like, oh my God, I don't know how you deal with the parking around here, the track. They don't want to hear any of that stuff. So just kind of getting back to what you're saying. Uh, yeah, that introduction is worth more 
than the audition itself, giving them a chance to actually see who you are or how you want to present yourself to them. And it's really, it's very, very important. And so, yeah, I mean, there, there are lots of situations where I've done the audition, didn't get the job. And then I get called. Well, here's just another great example. You, you had mentioned uh, House of Cards. Um, I auditioned for that show 14 times over two years. Sometimes I was put on hold, didn't get it. It was down to a couple people. I'd call back sometimes, didn't get it. It just so happens the 15th audition, I booked a reoccurring role. But it took 15 auditions for them to think I was the perfect person. And so, of course, they liked what I did. Otherwise, they wouldn't bring you back a second time. But, you know, the, this is, you know, the way that it works, in, you know, in, in the industry. You also, I mean, I haven't, I don't, I haven't watched House of Cards, but I think that that's a little like, it's a watch, it's a watch series. seasons one through four. You can stop after four, fifth <laughs> and six. Eh, got a little, got a little silly. I thought but. It's, a little, it's a little serious, but I know, and I didn't really watch the wire, but the wire is like a tough show. How, and I understand like you're doing the scenes over and over again and stuff like that, but how do you compartmentalize the things that you're going through in your life the stuff that's happening, because I know over the last 36 years, you've had some real stuff happen in your life and you've had to show up and be that character. Yeah. And you could also be in some really tough, tense scenes too. And, and you can't take that home with you either. So how do you compartmentalize? Some, some people do. It's not, it's not a um, technique that I use. Um, and that, that's a great question. Look, everybody, every actor has different ways of doing things. I've seen well-known actors who had pages of dialogue. And right before they get started, I'm watching them. They're reading a novel. And I'm, and I'm thinking, I don't know how you do that. I mean, I'm going over my lines. I'm trying to calm myself down, trying to really focus on what I need to do. Um Here's a technique that I started using that I really like. And you're right. It's very easy to get distracted. It's very easy to let outside things start to affect you. So what I do is uh, music is very important to me. And so I find certain songs that make sense for that particular character for that day, for whatever I'm trying to get done in that scene. And yeah, I'll, I'll go over my lines if I can. As, as a matter of fact, so I, I just worked um, and it's, it's airing now. Uh, we Own the City. It's an HBO miniseries. And it's the same creator as The Wire, David Simon. Um, it's a hard show to watch, to be very honest with you. It's not, it's not easy. Um, but uh, what I'd like to do is, if I can, get onto the set or wherever I'm going to be shooting the scene prior to shooting, just to try to get acclimated a little bit. It's hard, at least for me, you know, and once again, I can only speak for myself and this isn't the only way to do it. It's hard for me to go from sitting in a trailer to have a PA, a production assistant, knock on your door and say, okay, they're ready for you. And then you walk onto the set and boom, you get started. That it's just hard. It's a hard transition for me. 
So if I can, you can't always, but if I can, I want to get on the set early. I want to just sit. I want to try to do my lines where I'm going to be actually doing them. And then I just hang out and I will listen to music. And that helps me focus. And look, there are some people who are great at just schmoozing and talking with everybody and that kind of stuff. It's hard for me to do that. And so it's not a right or wrong. It's just, you know, whatever is best, you know, for you. And once again, this, this really in some ways has nothing to do with acting. It, it's a way of allowing yourself to really focus on what you need to get accomplished. And there are many, many different ways that people do it, but that, that's, that's what I do. And, and no, I don't take, I don't take stuff home. Once again, there are actors who they live it and you have to call them by their character name. Um, Hey, look, if that works for you, that's fine. I have nothing against it. It's just not my style. Um, I just like to say the words. Right. Cause you, you've maintained your identity as Aaron Marcus, regardless of all of the characters that you've played over the years. Um, and I know who was it that killed themselves when they were playing the Joker for Batman? Oh, it, it was a no for dose. Um, mm-hmm. Oh boy. I know I, I, his name is escaping me, but yeah, really talented actor and yeah, sad. Yeah. And um, it, it was just said, and granted this happened when I was a kid, but it was said, you know, he was really getting into character. And I think it's important to have a certain level of detachment and in, in certain things that's for myself. Mm-hmm. included <laughs> I guess that's why I asked you the question because I'm like yeah I gotta decompartmentalize I've got so many different things going on that I have to be that in that moment and then let the other things go yeah I mean look there are met- a lot of method actors out there and that's that's what they do and it's, it's not good it's not bad it's just what what they do and, and you know it's just not something that I would enjoy and so yeah I don't yeah, know about. So I get done. I come home, play with my dog, say hi to my wife, and you know, we're good. So, last question: what What are you looking forward to most in the upcoming years of your career and just your life? Yeah. So for my career, yeah, I've never really looked for anything. And, and maybe that goes all back to that whole philosophy of just enjoying it. Mm-hmm. I work hard, you know, like right now I'm spending time reaching out. I have a new um, TV and film reel, which I'd send to you. So I'm sending that out to lots of people in the industry who like a thousand some people who I've had connections with in some capacity just to, you know, remind people I'm still around. I'm still doing this. Here's my reel. Um, so it's not like I just sit in a chair and, you know, eat bonbons and hope, you know, things happen. So I'm very proactive, but I I've never, and once again, it's not a good or bad thing. It's just how I do things. I've never had goals except for that first year. I did have to make a living. I mean, I did have to get jobs my first year of working, but aside from that, I've never really had goals. So I want to continue doing what I'm doing, continue to audition a lot. 
uh, continue to book every once in a while, have a really good time. I want to continue to do my private mentoring, which I really enjoy doing. Hopefully I can get back to doing in-person um, seminars at some point. Um, you know, I miss, I was supposed to be in South Africa doing uh, workshops again. I've done them like four years in a row in the past two years, uh, two, three years. I can't remember now. Uh, I haven't been able to do them. So um, I guess the other thing is just continue to be happy, to be healthy, to feel safe and um, just try to enjoy life and not try to take my work too seriously, which I never, I never really have. I mean, I know there are some people who really, you know, well, I'm an actor. You know, it's like, well, okay. So, um, you know, I've got a neighbor who's an orthopedic surgeon. You know, that's great. You know, that's, that it's nice. It's, it's your job, you know, and it's, it's no better. It's no worse than anybody else's. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's not something that I, you know, immediately start talking about when I see somebody. And, and so, yeah, I just, I just want to continue doing what I'm doing. I want to update my website, which I'm very excited about, continue shooting my quick tip videos, which I really love doing and helping other people have success in the industry. That, I guess, if there is a goal, that is something that I really love doing. I hope I can continue to do that. Thank you so much for being here today, Aaron, and sharing your wisdom and motivating me and inspiring me to just, you know, enjoy life, have a learner's mindset, um, not take things too seriously, not beat myself up, and just truly enjoy the journey. So, can, I, can I just jump in and just say one, one last thing? You know, here, you know, I've been talking about you don't get the job, you know, something personal, all that kind of stuff. But let me also just say, it's okay to feel bad. You know, if, if there's a job that you really wanted, you know, whether it's something that would have been really cool working with another actor that would have been phenomenal or would have been financially really great and you don't get it. I, I just want to make sure I make this clear. It's okay to feel, feel bad about not getting it, not feeling bad about yourself, but not feeling bad about getting the actual job. And so, you know, give yourself permission to, to feel bad also. And once again, that, that's a universal thing as well, not just for acting and modeling. Oh yeah, because you got to honor your feelings. I'm so big on that. Honor them and let them go. Let them process them. Go ahead. They're temporary. <laughs> but yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. And guys, like I said before, his all his links are in the show notes below. Definitely check out his YouTube channel and see all of the things that he has to offer, especially if you're an actor or someone thinking about getting into acting and modeling and you want that private mentorship, definitely check that out. I've got the links linked below. Look, this was great. I loved your questions. I love your energy. I love what you're doing here. Thank you very much for giving me an opportunity to also do something I love doing. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Empowered Woman Badass and Unfiltered Podcast. If you found any value in this, please consider sharing and subscribing. Now go out and be a badass.